Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of The Trials from the RPG Academy podcast. I am Michael, and today we are going to do a trial of the Fantasy Age RPG by Green Ronin. I will be playing a human mage named Ty, and I am fairly new to the city of Freeport. I've not been here very long, so I'm kind of like a you know um, innocent, wide-eyed, uh, not child, but uh, young man in the big city for kind of the first time. Joining me today, uh, a number of extra special guest people I'm very excited to have on the show. Um, first up is Eric. Eric, you probably know from Openly Gamer Theater, which is a proud member of the RPG Academy Network of Shows. Uh, you may also know him from his work that he did for a very long time on Gamer's Table, or the newer show he's doing that has a spin on military and veterans called Trench Monkeys. Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michael. Uh, I am playing a dwarven warrior uh, named Oscar Rockford. He is uh, a self-proclaimed colonel, Colonel Rockford. I am a scholar of military law and historical law. I am also new to uh, Freeport, but uh, I have been acquainted with uh, Terrell and the others for a time. And next is someone I've been wanting to get on the show for a very, very long time. I am super excited that we finally been able to make this happen. And that is Kenna Conklin from one of my favorite podcasts, Going Last. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. We have been trying to get this together for a while, and yay, we're here. <laughs> So I'm going to be playing Rochelle Montague. She is a human rogue, and she primarily is a rogue because she's a collector. Um, she's kind of an inch deep, mile wide kind of person. And so she finds roguing and stealing uh, a way to access all of her different interests. And um, occasionally, you know, to get what she wants, <laughs> things happen to happen. But that's her interaction with the world. That's me. And then uh, the other half, not better, not worse, but the other <laughs> half... Of the Going Last podcast, as well as the host of Atomic Game Theory on YouTube, Rich Molina. Rich, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much. Today, I'm going to be playing Viscount Pascal Di Cardano, son of the Marquis Raphael Di Cardano, master of the Cardano Trading House, and the uh, most famous assassin in all the world. I've heard of you. I'm glad someone has. <laughs> I've been trying really hard. <laughs> Excellent. All right, so those are the players, and we are all very excited to have the GM for today's show. That is Chris Premus himself, the president of Green Ronin Publishing, as well as the designer of the game that we're going to play. Chris, welcome to our show. Hey, thanks for having me. We are very excited to have you. Thank you for joining us. It is your show at this point, sir. Take it away. Today, we're going to play a little bit of Fantasy Age. Uh, I'm going to be running it in the world of Freeport. Uh, Freeport is actually the oldest of Green Ronin settings. Uh, when we first started the company back in the year 2000, we released an adventure called Death in Freeport for the then new third edition D&D. And uh, Freeport has uh, lived on in a series of adventures and source books and stuff uh, ever since. And it's been used for a variety of game systems um, and, uh, and works just great for Fantasy Age as well. We're actually not going to be in the city today. We're just going to get to the adventure. But um, the idea of Freeport is it's sort of a, a pirate city that went legit at a certain point. Like, was once a haven for buccaneers, and now uh, there's still privateers and things there, but um, it's a trading city. It's known as the crossroads of the world. And so, you know, any sorts of people, they come through Freeport. There's merchant houses, weird cults, assassins. Some more famous than others. 
Wait, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Indeed. And uh, Fantasy Age is uh, a game that we published uh, God, a year and a half ago. And it's the next iteration of the, the system I designed for the Dragon Age role-playing game that basically sort of built on that. It is uh, has some minor differences with Dragon Age, but you know the underlying system is basically the same. And then we've built out this also in the Blue Rose role-playing game, which just came out as well. So we've got a whole, a lot of different stuff happening with uh, what we call the ad- the adventure game engine, or Age. So rules-wise, the heart of the Age system is basically ability tests, and so you will note on your character sheets you've got a bunch of abilities from uh, accuracy down to willpower. Basically everything you do in the game, pretty much, except for damage, is an ability test of some sort. So, um, each ability has what are called focuses, and these are sort of like skills. So, for accuracy, for example, uh, bows is a focus, uh, brawling is a focus. For the communication ability, you've got stuff like bargaining and leadership and so on. Uh, so, throughout the game, I'm, I'm going to be calling for ability tests, um, and... I will call out the name of the ability and then the name of the focus that applies. If you don't have the focus, that's okay. You just make a straight-up ability roll. If you do have the focus, you get to add two. So if I'm like, oh, you want to bargain with that guy, make a communication bargaining test. Uh, If you have bargaining, great. If you don't, you can still roll your straight communication. So what you're going to do when you make any test is you're going to roll three six-sided dice, and uh, you need two of the dice to be one color and the other dice to be a different color. The off-colored die is called the stunt die, uh, and that does several different things in the game, but primarily, as one might guess, it's used for stunts. So what that means is, when you are going to make a test, you roll your three dice, If you get doubles on any of the dice, and you succeed on what you're doing, then you can do stunts. You look at the stunt die, and you see what's on there. That is the number of stunt points that you have generated with that action. So if you rolled three, you get three stunt points. Stunt points are a a resource that you generate and spend immediately. It's nothing you have to track. You don't bank stunt points. Uh, It's basically just like, you did something cool, let's figure out what that is. Uh, So, depending on what sort of encounter you're in the middle of, there's different types of stunts. They're used most commonly during combat, and essentially combat stunts are sort of like a a dynamic critical hit system, kind of, that lets you have various effects. Uh, You can, you know, move around your character or others, you can try to disarm people, you can do extra damage, Uh, there's a bunch of different stuff. And you can mix and match the effects. So if you have five stunt points, you can do a three-point stunt and a two-point stunt, or two twos and a one, however you want to do it. The only rule is you can't do the same stunt twice, except for the skirmish stunt, which is the one that moves people. There are also uh, spell stunts for the mages, uh, lets them have various effects with their spells. There are role-playing stunts and also exploration stunts, which you use in those sorts of encounters. The caveat for those is that their effects are less cut and dried than the combat stunts. They're more like, particularly the role-playing ones, kind of open to interpretation. So you don't necessarily always want to pause play and then 
pour over the stunt sheet and try to figure out if anything applies because that just kind of you know makes things bogged down a bit so but you know if you have an idea and you can do it relatively quickly then certainly there are stunts that apply so yes that is sort of the basics of the system um you want to roll high you know i'll be setting target numbers for things uh, to see if you succeed in combat the target number is your opponent's defense any questions i this is a just a small question on the pre-gen character I have, there is some abilities in the melee weapon section that aren't over in the skill section. Like I have brawling over in the melee weapon section, but not under an attribute over on the left. Would that be considered a focus of mine? Oh, um, so there's something called weapon groups. Um, and so it's basically like, what weapons do you know how to mm. use? So that that's probably what that indicates okay. is that you're, that you know how to use brawling weapons. Okay. Great. Um, uh, also, your your classes have some inherent abilities, um, so probably uh, on those character sheets there are some things. The signature ability of the rogue is called Pinpoint Attack. That's basically if your dexterity is greater than your opponent's dexterity, you get to add a d6 damage. Uh, so check that stuff out uh for the spell we only have one mage right so spell casting is an ability test like anything else you have your spells all set mage guy i mean i have the sheet printed out i've read through them so i assume that i can do any of these i want but it costs more to do certain ones yes i don't know if you printed out everything i sent but the i think the spells were in the in the towards the end of the pdf they actually well again i I have the character sheet for me then i have this sheet that has like six different Two different versions of each type, I guess. Yep. The, there's a magic point cost. How many magic points do I have to start with? Uh, I should say on your sheet somewhere, I hope. Uh, look, down where it says spells, <laughs> there's an 18 in a circle. Yep. Okay, and then how? when do those refresh? Basically, you know, after you uh Not rest, during this uh, game. Like a... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's important to know, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's basically you're going to, you would need to sleep overnight or something. Okay. Um, and then again, just because I'm dumb. So anytime we call for a test, we're going to roll 3d6, uh, the stunt thing. Do we add all three and that determines our number? Yes. You add the three dice together, you add your ability. And then if, uh, if you have an applicable focus, you add plus two. All right. I think I'm good then. I have one more question. I'm so sorry. I have two short swords and I have dual weapon style novice. So do I have a penalty for my second short sword? So there is an action called activate. Oh, I guess I should explain the action economy. Um, (laughs) Because that's not important in games. Um, (laughs) So when you get into a a, uh, combat situation, on your turn, you can do a major action and a minor action, or two minor actions. There's a minor action called activate, which is, you guys aren't going to use too much, but but you will for this ability. And it basically allows you to, to... turn on and off uh, different abilities. Um, So in this case, uh, you can give yourself either a plus one bonus on melee attack rolls or plus one to your defense, which represents, you know, using the two swords. And um, once I activate it, use a minor action to activate it once, do I need to then do it every round to maintain it? You only need to do it if you want to switch the effect. So if you want to go from offense to defense, you would need to, to do it again. And Chris, one quick question for clarification. I've got two-hander style journeyman, so I have uh, move target two yards and then also a mighty blow cost, uh, reduced cost. Now, that would be an activation as well, correct? No. Okay. 
So I can I can do both uh, both effects with uh, a two handed axe. Uh, yes, you can. And not not simultaneously though. I have to choose one. No, you can do them both. Uh, if you, uh, you you have to generate stunt points to do the second one, but um, but yes, you can do them both. Okay. Yeah, essentially, um, the novice ability gives you a free skirmish stunt, basically, is, is what that amounts to. But you don't have to roll the stunt dice or anything. You just get that because whacking people with an axe, um, they don't really want to stand there. So, Right. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be so helpful if they did. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, these things we're talking about now are what are called talents, um, and they're sort of like feats if you've ever played D&D, and, uh, each one has three levels of effect, novice, journeyman, and master. So starting characters, you have, most of your things are novice, some of them might be able to start with something at the journeyman level, and then you can get the higher levels or get new talents as you go up in level. The characters you all are playing are level three, which means you're not complete noobs. Thank you for that. Sure. <laughs> You've had some adventures. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. That is the basics of the rules. Uh, you should all have a, uh, a couple of quick reference sheets that I sent around. One has the actions on it, which you'll need in combat situations. Uh, the other side of that has all the focuses, which you probably won't need to reference, but if you want to look at it, you can. Uh, and then the other one has all the stunts on it. Obviously, only the mage gets to use the uh, the spell stunts. Cause... <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> I was ready. You're ready. All right. Any other questions? Nope. I'm sure something will come up, though. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I get that yeah. <laughs> All right. The four of you, you met in the city of Freeport, uh, and you have had some adventures over the past uh, year or so. You uh, are starting to develop names for yourself uh, in certain segments of the town. All of you are friends with someone named Isora Buckner. So Isora is from a uh, a fairly well-known merchant family in Freeport. Uh, she is a scholar. Her parents would prefer it if she was embraced more of the merchant lifestyle, but she was always drawn towards history and you know particularly the history uh, of of Freeport in the area around Freeport. And so you should let me know how you met. I definitely met her while doing a job for her. Mm -hmm. um, she had a relic that needed retrieving, uh, which is one of the services I offer. And then I understood her research and have become quite interested in it and may or may not be secretly working on a plan to retrieve some of the things she has. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Other ideas? Uh, well, I think that... Pascal's father has gotten him an in with this merchant uh, family, uh, especially because Pascal is not a merchant in any way <laughs> and has no skills uh, in that regard. But uh, but they wanted to meet up and see if potentially they could build an alliance of some kind. And now uh, Azora has to kind of find things for Pascal to do because he can't do any bookkeeping or mercantilism <laughs> of any kind. <laughs> Very cool. I like to think we met in line to the bathroom, 
we uh, we were attending the same party. Uh, it was very boring. <laughs> she didn't really want to be there. I didn't really know anybody. We just kind of hit it off. <laughs> Certainly, the Merchant family is a Freeport. Uh, they they do have a social schedule. There are, there are parties. Absolutely, she she had to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, I made the night bearable. We've been friendly ever since. Uh, is is Zora a young woman, or is she how roughly how old would she be? Uh, she is in her early thirties. Um, I'll say that uh, Oscar came to because uh, he's a scholar himself. He came to uh, see some of the fabled books that she has collected because there's some on military lore that uh, cannot be found anywhere else except for her private collection. All right, sounds good. Okay, so Azora, she came to you all about a month ago, and uh, she let you know that she had acquired a map. And the map purports to be a treasure map. The best kind. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, one of the most popular sorts. And it's supposed to be the a map to the treasure of Blackhearted Billy, who was a pirate in Freeports decades ago. Blackhearted Billy, he raided an extremely rich treasure ship, but the treasure ship was damaged in the fight. So he loaded up his ship with all the treasure he could carry, couldn't actually get it all. So he hid the rest away on an island, so the story goes, and uh, and then sailed back to Freeport. And then for for pirate reasons, he was never able to go back and get it. And so there's been rumors running around Freeport for decades about this sort of fabled treasure, and Izora found this map. Now, her interest is... It's not that she doesn't care about the money, because, of course, money's useful, but uh, what really aroused her interest is that the map uh, has some ancient ruins on it, and that is what she is interested in checking out. Um, so basically, she went to her friends to see if, uh, if you all could help her out on an expedition, and, uh, you know, you guys would all get a cut of the treasure. She, the only thing she wants, like, first choice of are, are the sort of the scholarly stuff, right? If she can find artifacts or books or, you know, anything like that. that That's her primary interest. It's a classic twofer situation. Yes, indeed. <laughs> indeed. And who knows, maybe someone will require assassinating. You don't know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hopeful there will be uh, a story in the paper, maybe. Maybe our names in a headline. Oh, yeah. uh, okay, that's what I'm yes. looking for. I'm in. Uh, the newspaper in Freeport is called The Shipping News, and uh, it is known for its... Overheated headlines, I guess you'd say for, <laughs> you know. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> uh, so, to fast forward, basically, you guys agreed to this plan, uh, set out on a ship that uh, is owned by Zora's family, uh, and then you guys have spent the last couple of weeks at sea uh, and are now approaching the island is is zora accompanying yes. us or is did she send us no, okay she's with you it is it's getting towards sunset when you guys approach the island it is not a huge island but you can see that it is just covered with very thick jungle and uh there's also what looks to be a big like mangrove swamp that's sort of like a kind of a delta uh, almost. 
So Izora has the sailors anchor the ship off the coast. Um, and then she says, uh, well, I thought we might uh, have a final meeting tonight. And then um, tomorrow we can uh, we can set out. So I will be talking to her a little bit, just explaining that very likely we're going to find nothing. You know, these treasure maps are a dime a dozen. This island wasn't that hard to find. So I just want to set our expectations kind of low, hoping I can meet them. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, uh, well, so you guys have a, uh, you know, a semi-grim dinner of, uh, of ship's biscuits and uh, that, that sort of stuff because you, you ate up all the fresh produce uh, several days ago. I'm sorry. <laughs> this adventure is over. <laughs> Nobody feeds me biscuits. Uh, so, um, and then you uh, hunker down in her cabin and uh, she says, okay, so I thought we should just go over the map here and make our basic plan. You've seen the map before. She pulls it out. Um, it's fairly crude. Basically, you know, it, it shows the swamp and beyond the swamp, there are ruins, and supposedly somewhere in the ruins is where the treasure is buried. So she says, uh, we've got two small boats. We're going to go, of course. We'll take some of the crew as well. And I'm hoping that we can push the boats uh, up through the swamp close to the city, uh, if not all the way there. I'm unclear from this map if this river actually runs through the city or or what but hopefully we can get close to it um and then see what the what now with us being the skilled hired hands yes um, is she wanting us to press ahead of the crew and then they'll follow or are we all going together we're going together oh good i, I did not bring my swamp boots so <laughs> I, th- I think the term you're looking for rochelle is talent <laughs> we're the talent of the operation <laughs> i just would hate for us to be slowed down or uh for there to be too many witness i mean um people <laughs> to be able to get into certain areas mm-hmm. so we just need to consider those sort of things well the crew is under my command so if uh if they become an impediment we can always send them back to the ship or just have them guard the boats I think it'll be nice to have a little company for a while. I mean, chances are they're not all coming back, so, you know, there's that. <laughs> I did get fresh right. red shirts for everybody, so it's nice. <laughs> yes, yes. What about brown pants? I hear those right. are equally brown as important. Pants. The brown pants <laughs> so, Rochelle, you're the most experienced of us, of us that uh, have gotten into places that are difficult to get into and then back out. What are you thinking? Well, I normally uh, work alone. Having this many people to try and infiltrate is always challenging. But since this is mostly outdoors work to begin with, I'm happy to sit back until we actually get to the ruins. What about you, Asuka? You uh, know anything about what we're heading to? Have, have, have your studies brought any information about this black-hearted Billy? Maybe is he was someone that would have trapped his treasure in some way? It's very likely. Black-hearted Billy is... A wily cad, and he has been known to uh, booby trap things. He may have some something waiting for us. I seriously doubt there's going to be anything. Uh, he left any men behind because he does not trust anyone. Oh, this was decades ago, by the way. Oh, so, well, okay. <laughs> so I'm uh, so I'm fairly yeah. certain that no, there's nobody still alive that uh, that he 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 would have left behind. And if so, they would probably have uh, lost their minds by now. 
Oh, so they could be like mindless savages. Very likely. <laughs> That's why we have right. Pascal here, so he can relate to them. <laughs> oh, I am no savage. I don't. I. I'm... I thought I read an article about that that you were savage in your uh, skills. Oh, you did. <laughs> Tell me more. I, I, I believe they were speaking of his savage looks. <laughs> I do have those. Wow. Do you have any more compliments for me? You're certainly a tall man. <laughs> Should I be uh, taking some notes for the inevitable shipping news article? Uh, and as famous as you are, it's amazing that so few people recognize you. Uh, you you must have amazing skills at uh, disguise. I just I try to blend in with the people as best as I can. You know. <laughs> I mean, your height and your savage looks makes that hard. It does. Is there when are when do I need to stand on the deck and look dashing? Is that coming up? <laughs> Uh, when we're rowing in, that'd be the best time to do that. Yeah. All right. You Give want me a George signal. Washington this, uh, this situation. George Washington. Is he a famous assassin as well? <laughs> Not as famous as you. Ah, perfect. If you'd like to stand on the bow, I could have someone start in on some scrimshaw. You might need to stand there for quite some time, though. Uh, I have nothing better to do, of course. I'll stand there and think about myself. There you go. Uh, Sounds good. Mm. Okay. Uh, Well, if there's uh, nothing else you want to talk about, then uh, we should get some sleep because we can get going in the morning. Excellent. Um, After people have broken up, I take Zora aside and I inquire as to if lives are sadly lost, if that affects the split. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, amongst us five, yes, the, you know, the crew are being paid a, I mean, I'm taking care of that, so. So the crew aren't involved, just these people. Okay, I got yes. it. Perfect. Yeah. No, that's, that's yes. all good. So none of the crew needs to have any accidents, is what I'm saying to you. I understand perfectly. <laughs> they're, they're. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're good folk and loyal to my family, so I mean there is danger here, obviously. But I look forward to them helping me us me help you. Um, yes, and and that Thai guy, he's really cool too. <laughs> I really like that guy. Oh uh, um, uh, yeah. Good night. Yeah. Good night. Good night. <laughs> good night, everybody. Oh, you're still up. Mm. I, didn't, I thought you went to bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Had to get some water, you know. I believe Black Billy's last name was uh, Blackhearted Billy's last name was Montague. <laughs> <laughs> do you want Do you want to know Blackhearted Billy's actual last name? Yes, <laughs> it was Belmont. <laughs> Black Billy, Blackhearted Billy Belmont. Yeah, it's a mouthful. It's a mouthful. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, it comes from a family <laughs> in love with alliteration. <laughs> Aren't we all right? <laughs> His sister Beatrice. <laughs> oh, Beatrice was an even more notorious pirate. <laughs> Their dog, Bucky. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you guys uh, bed down, and uh, the next morning, it's a lovely day. You sailed south from Freeport, so you're down in some a pretty hot area. Um, so the morning's not bad, but you know it's going to get more scorching as the day goes on. So Azora oversees packing up th- some supplies and things like that for the ship's boats, and then uh, they're lowered into the water and uh, and 
We are ready to go. We have the map, right? We didn't forget that? I have the map. Fantastic. <laughs> okay, so um, the crew starts... Uh, I, I presume you guys aren't going to row, right? Or my... <laughs> Oh no chance. No. no. That's not work for the town. Yeah. So there's two there's two boats. Do you guys all want to be in one boat or are you splitting yourselves up amongst the two? Does this game have fireballs in it? <laughs> <laughs> not not that you see. Okay, okay, okay. Um I would say yeah. I like you people, more or less. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's all be together. Sure. Yes. I just like to be where the people are, so <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you guys row into the swamp. Um, you're very quickly sort of swallowed up by it. Um, and uh, it is it is dank and humid in there. Um, and the, the passage, you know, it seems uh, fairly wide to start with, but pretty soon uh, it narrows and, you know, sort of, twists its way uh, through this mangrove swamp. You guys, if you would be so kind, could make an intelligence navigation test. I don't know if any of you have navigation. Uh, if not, it's just a straight intelligence test. Okay, so on my intelligence, I do not have that particular focus. There's a two in the box next to it, and there's a little black box that's colored in. All right, uh, the colored in box, um, you don't need to worry about. Uh, that's It has to do with advancement, which is not going to be relevant today. Okay. So, yes, two is your ability, so you roll 3d6, add the results, add two from your ability. Eight here with Rochelle. Yeah, you have no idea. I'm not really paying attention, <laughs> if I'm honest. Or at least that's how I'm playing it. I got 14 on the dice. I did get doubles. Oh, all right. On that. And then that plus two, I guess, that would be 16 total. Okay. Uh, so you are successful. If you care to, you can look at the exploration stunts and uh, and do something that applies just to get a sense of how this all works. So I guess I will do, because I actually got a six on the oh, there you go. stunt die. Uh, so I want to use the, the three. That makes me wonder. Mm-hmm. So I get a chance to get some additional information about some yep. stuff. So then I do an immediate additional perception check. Uh, that would be a 10 total. So you notice as you're moving up this um, creek, really, you see uh, what looks to be some sort of a, like a canoe sort of thing that is uh, like hidden in some overgrowth. And then uh, I have three points left, so I'll use that for the object of my attention. So I get a plus one bonus to further examine. I'll put that on the canoe if that's okay. Sure. So and and I'll point out to everyone. To, do you guys see that? It looks like there might be someone they got here ahead of us. Oh, I just thought it was an old canoe. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, you're not incorrect, Pascal. Should should we should we should we stop? I think so. How narrow is the river at this point, or the waterway? Oh, probably. I don't know. 20 feet wide. Okay, so we're going to have to get wet to get to shore if we leave the boat. Yeah. Not if we stand on the door. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh, does, does the canoe look like it's like moored, or does it look like it's somebody tried to camouflage it? Uh, it looks like someone tried to camouflage it. Uh, it certainly looks intentional. We should probably be on our guard. I'll stand up and look around. I don't know if there's kind of a perception test in this game. There is. 
I would like to give that a go. Okay. Are you trying to, you're, you're looking for something? Yeah, I'd want to look around the area of the canoe. I want to look for a trap, a setup, movement, that sort of thing. So that is a perception seeing test. That's going to be a 12 for me. You do not see anything that looks like a trap or ambush or anything like that. You do note that the canoe looks fairly crude. You know, you don't think it came from like a passing ship. It looks like uh, it was made here locally. Uh, I'll report back. I don't see any movement or any ambush up ahead. I can scout if you want me to. Well, looking at the canoe, do you think it's from somewhere else or is it perhaps local? No, this is made from these trees. Well, you, you mentioned, Oscar, that perhaps these are some descendants of uh, Blackheart. It could be. I, I, I don't know if this, uh, if this island is inhabited uh, originally by any aboriginals or anything like that. I'd like to take a look just to see if there might be more evidence inside of who it belongs to. Okay. So you're going to get off the boat? Can we bring the close, bring our boat closer? Yes, you can. Yeah, you can bring the boat to shore if you want. Well, sure. I mean, it's not that far. It's like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, make a perception seeing test, please. I got a 10. 12. 13. 9. You messed up. Should have been 11. Uh, who got the 13? Uh, Pascal did amazing. Ah. <laughs> Pascal, <laughs> you. <laughs> You find a couple of footprints. Oh, really? Uh, do these look like, you know, freshly crafted boot prints, or nope. am I just seeing foots here? Feet. Uh, they look uh, not human. You would say. Oh, intriguing. Uh, the what? <laughs> Can anyone tell me what these are? <laughs> uh, you could make perception tracking tests if anyone has tracking. I don't have tracking, but can I do just a perception check? Yes. Uh, that's going to be 11 for me. I got a 14. Eight. <laughs> Pascal, it seems like you do know something. It's going to ruin your reputation. Uh, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it is some sort of a humanoid, but it is not dwarf or elf or anything like that. A um, little more on the monstrous side. <laughs> It appears to be uh, some sort of bipedal creature, but uh, nothing, uh, nothing like I've ever seen before. But monsters with canoes? Well, there are some semi-intelligent monsters who would be able to uh, craft a, a rudimentary uh, flotation device like such as this. This is why we should never leave the cities. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Unless we think this thing is of danger to us, do we really want to pursue it any further? We should probably just keep an eye on the banks even more so as we continue, or depending on how close we are to the ruins, consider going on foot from here. How close are we to the ruins, do we think? You're not really sure. Because these, you know, the waterways sort of twist and turn, and, you know, the map, not so much with a scale. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, okay. yeah. yeah. Do we want to just put a hole in the boat? Not worry about it? That's that's a very efficient idea. To keep them from uh, pursuing us, they would have to stay on foot. Uh, I, I'll do it if you, if that's what you if, look over at Azora. Would that be all right, madam? Yes. Just on the just under the waterline, I'll I'll hit the canoe uh, with my two-handed axe. Perfect. All right. 
I'm not going to make you roll because, man, if you can't hit a canoe, <laughs> I don't know. I what critically to fail and uh, drown myself trying to sink a canoe. And you've cut off your own foot. Uh, yeah, so you you easily can uh, can put a hole into the canoe, um, and uh, and then you guys can get back into the boat and continue up the waterway. Well, that nullifies either a threat or competition, either way. <laughs> or a mode of escape. <laughs> Cut to later. If we only had another boat. Okay, could you make another navigation test for me? <laughs> so going well. <laughs> oh, I actually got something there. That's based on intelligence, right? Yes. So that is going to be a 12 for me with a pair. So yeah, you find some, you have some choices as you're moving up the waterway. Um, It's sometimes, you know, it looks like it's going the right way, but then either it ends or it doubles back. But basically, like, overall, you are, are making progress in what you think is the correct direction to go. And uh, you're feeling pretty good about yourselves. <laughs> and then <laughs> uh, you hear a scream and a splash. Um, and the second boat, which is behind you, you can see there is a uh, one of the sailors is in the water thrashing. Um, and there is uh, you see like some eyes and some some big teeth sort of snapping at him um so uh yeah <laughs> someone's trying to eat one of your sailors he appears to be a goner we need to roll faster <laughs> <laughs> that's a legitimate response if you want do we shoot the guy you that's know, right out of his misery <laughs> Um, so the guys in that boat are, uh, you know, pulling weapons out and the guy in the water is thrashing and screaming. Um, and it looks like a really large crocodile is trying to eat him. Just lay still. Pretend you're <laughs> right. asleep. I think, I think that's what <laughs> works that's for, here. That's for a bear, so <laughs> That's a bear. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... If you want to try to save the guy, we will move into what's called combat time. Uh, if you want to sail away like cold-hearted bastards, then then we won't. So, what do you want to do? I think we should try to save him. I mean, yeah. at least at least the appearance to keep morale up. We don't want the crew turning on us this early. It, that would be bad for the article. All so. right. So, uh, everybody roll initiative for me. Uh, that is a, um, a dexterity test. You probably don't have the initiative focus, I'm guessing, but if you do, add two. I oh, do. <laughs> well, I eat my words. I have a 15 with that plus. Uh, what did other people get for initiative? I got a, uh, looks like a 10. 12. Pascal has a 12. <gasps> How do we tie break? More famous person thing? goes first. <gasps> All right, I'll go first. <laughs> So Pascal and uh, Rochelle both have a 12. Uh, What is your comparative dexterities? Two. Three. All right. So Pascal, you go first. Uh (laughs) Called it. Uh, Okay. We're like elbowing each other to get ahead. (laughs) 
So, um, Ty, you are first. Um, so remember, in combat, it proceeds by rounds. Um, it uses cyclical initiative. So basically, we'll be running through this order, uh, in this order, until this combat encounter ends. Uh, and on your turn, uh, you can either do one major action and one minor action, or two minor actions. I have on my sheet something called Arcane Blast. Yes. Is that sort of like my don't use mana points, can still do it every turn situation? Correct, yes. Okay. And then I want to take the minor action to aim, if I can do that with that spell, uh-huh. and then I'm, I'm just going to try to shoot the crocodile. Okay. All right, and so then that is uh, 3d6. I get a plus three total because I have a plus two to start. And then do I have, I guess, like, what's my associated ability score with spellcasting, or is there one? Um, so on the character sheet, uh, under ranged attacks, it should actually have all the stats for the Arcane Blast there. Okay, all right. Yeah, so it should tell you what, you're, what you add on your to hit roll and what your damage is. So that's a 12 total. Okay, that is a hit. Yay! Damage is 1d6 plus 3. That's a 6. Nice. 9 points of damage. Nice. Dang. Okay. Pew! All right, so you... Uh, it can come out of your hand or a staff or, you know, as you prefer. Whatever your style is. <laughs> um, I do big buddy Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this arcane energy uh, leaps out and uh, slams into the water. Uh, the water kind of steams a little bit and it, and it tears into the crocodile. Swim faster. <laughs> uh, Pascal. All right. I think I'm going to do well. I get, I need to draw a couple daggers. I think pull some throwing knives out. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for that on my sheet of actions real quick. What kind of an action is that to just get ready? Oh, um... Oh, ready. ready. It's called ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll just do that as a minor, and I'll throw one dagger at uh, at the crocodile. Sounds good. All right. Uh, looks like a 17. Well, that is certainly <laughs> it. Um, All right. Convincing. I do not stunt, but I do three damage. Okay. And so your dagger just sort of ricochets off the crocodile, which is actually a good moment for me to tell you about how armor works. <laughs> so uh, armor in Fantasy Age basically works like damage reduction. So uh, those of you wearing armor, you'll see you have something called an armor rating. Uh, every time you get hit, you deduct the armor rating from the damage. If it no damage gets through, then you don't uh, mark any off your health. Uh, if some does, then you, you lose that much health. So that's how that works. So basically, uh, three damage was not enough to get through uh, the hide of the crocodile. Okay, I look over at Pascal and I chuckle a little. And then I, too, am going to pull out a throwing knife and be like, Mm. "Mm." (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Is this how it's going to be? So that's going to be a 13 to hit. That's a hit. Four damage. (laughs) Well, slightly better. But still better. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think results speak for themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's it at least dug in a little bit. I point and I nod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So the crocodile is going to go. Uh, he. Uh, I real quick. I just realized we both have the pinpoint attack ability. Would that oh. work on our throwing daggers as well? Ah, uh, yes, it does. Yes. Oh it does. darn it. Okay, I'll remember that next time. Assuming our dex is better than the crocodiles. Perhaps unsurprisingly, it is. So. 
<laughs> so yeah, actually, if you guys want to uh, to roll an extra d6 damage each, you you certainly can. My total goes to seven then. Hey, there you go. All right. My total goes to ten then. <gasps> oh come on! <laughs> I rolled the little symbol. It's a six. <laughs> All right, better result. Yeah. Yes, so yes, the, the, your dagger does not hit and fly off. It actually sticks into the crocodile. Uh, both of them do, in fact. All right, so then the crocodile goes. Uh, he's feeling a little salty because he's just been blasted by magic energy and stabbed a couple times. Um, so he is going to try to bite this guy. Uh, and he hits. Really not our fault. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're trying, so... <laughs> All right, so that guy is going to take eight points of damage, and he screams as the crocodile bites him. Oscar! I will draw my black powder pistol, and I will do the aim action. I will, then I will aim, so I'll I'll ready the weapon, and I'll aim to get the plus one for next time. So you are trying to aim, um, it's... uh, Hard, because the crocodile's moving, and the guy is moving, right. and there's water everywhere, so taking aim, not a bad idea. The guys on the nearby boat, they sort of use the uh, like the poles that they've been using to push the boat along to try to sort of whack the crocodile and get get it to, to release the sailor from his jaws. So, let's see if they... <laughs> so I uh, I told you all I was terrible at dice rolling. I just rolled a three on three d six. So, but you doubled. I, so, <laughs> well, you see, the stunt only works if you are successful with the, the ah, base task. You. Okay. So, you you cannot stunt your way out of failure. You can only <laughs> fail. So, <laughs> and then I rolled a five. So, yeah. Great. All right. So they basically, as near as you can tell, are sort of slapping the water to no effect at all. Um, and then it, uh, tie, it comes back to you. All right. So is the crocodile currently grasping the sailor with, or are they just both in the water? No, he's got his jaws clamped around the sailor's leg. All right. Well, then I will do arcane blast again. I mean, it worked so well last time, right? Sure. 14. That's a hit. Perfect. Uh, two plus three, five points of damage. Okay. We're really trying here. <laughs> Do your part. Are you yelling at the crocodile? Or the- <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's ambiguous. Yeah. Okay. Whoever wins, I'll just say that's who I was voting for. <laughs> uh, Pascal. Gonna do it again. Another dagger, I think. Um, well, how hard would it be to leap through the water into a different boat? <laughs> uh, you would need to make a dexterity acrobatics check. It's not... Probably not terribly difficult. Oh, really? Well, then I'm doing it. All right. <laughs> Save me, everyone. Remember me. <laughs> Who are you again? Whoa. <laughs> uh, I got a 10 on that check to leap from one boat to the other. Okay. Why don't you make another test to see if you fall in the water or fall into the boat? Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out the RPGAcademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. 
the podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash vrpgacademy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the drive-thru RPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at vrpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at vrpgacademy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.